knows about the Jesus people, yeah, a few people around. And what they often did in their meetings, they say, give me a J. And the whole congregation called J. Give me an E. The whole congregation, E. Give me an S. And everybody said S. Give me an, a U. Everybody U. And then give me another S. What does it mean? What does it spell? Jesus, hallelujah. And that's the time I remember in 72. I was in the States and met a few people, the so-called Jesus people. In 82, I was in America in Anaheim. And uh, you know, the pastor in Anaheim was then Chuck Smith, the first who baptized ex-drug addicts, and they got blessed, hallelujah, and saved a wonderful church when I was there in 82, in 1982. It was wonderful. The church was growing, and uh, he preached the word of God, very simple. He didn't have great themes, you know, the astronauts or whatever. No, he preached straight out of the Bible. And if we preach the word of God, we are doing right. Amen? Hallelujah. And I'm committed to preach the word of God. Praise the Lord. I have to so it looks like he is the gate to heaven here. But it isn't. It? The gate to heaven is Jesus. I am the door. Jesus said. Amen? Hallelujah. So as you know very well, the church, or actually the year, is being divided into sections by the church. And so who knows what day is today? Pardon? What day is today? Robert, you should know it. Being a real ex-Lutheran. Today is the third advent. Actually, it was like this. The greatest feast was the Christ, the Christmas or Christfest in German. There was when Jesus was celebrated when he was born uh, on the 24th of December, as we German believe. And we celebrate the 24th of December. Now today is the third advent. And all the three or four Sundays before Christmas had a number. First Advent, second Advent, today is the third Advent. The next Sunday is the fourth Advent. And then we will have Christmas. Praise the Lord. And I want to preach this morning on the third Advent. Now, uh, uh, when we look into the Bible and everybody who knows the Bible, there was some person involved in the time before Jesus was born. And we know also that the Old Testament was then and the New Testament started with Jesus Christ. And uh, in the beginning, Jesus came into the earth and we know all this wonderful uh, scripture in John 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh. The word became flesh. That was 
not seen of God, the word. Can you see a word? No, you only can hear it. But he became flesh, visible. And that's a wonderful what we can celebrate about Christmas. And I want to preach this morning about a man sent by God. And I'm reading only two verses this morning from the Gospel of John, the verses of chapter 1, the verses 6 and 7. There came a man, or I came a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. There came a man sent by God. Sent by God, whose name was John. A man sent by God. And it's so important that you understand it. And John the Baptist is named here in that regard. Before I'm going to preach, I want to say praise to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we bless your wonderful name this morning. We thank the Lord for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank the Lord Jesus that you came into this earth to save sinners. Hallelujah. And I thank you this morning that you will bless your word. I pray, Lord, give grace to speak your word. Give grace to act upon your word and also to listen to your word. In the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Now, in the preparation before Christmas, there was something going on. And if you are Pentecost, uh, Pentecostal, then you know very clearly the time before Christmas was a time of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It was not about this, the ten elves or whatever these guys are being called and how many they are. I don't know. I haven't read anything in the Bible about the elves. But there were men and people and women who were filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And that's so important for us as well. The preparation for the coming of the Lord Jesus as the Messiah was one important thing. There was one man in the center of the, four, uh, of the preparation of Jesus' Jesus' coming. And there was a man called or sent by God. His name was John. Hallelujah. Now, what is a man? sent by God. Very important. He appeared here in the Advent scene and when he started preaching, he stirred up all of Jerusalem. This man in the wilderness at the Jordan, he was preaching and people came out and wanted to see him. Jesus called him in one spot. He was the greatest amongst them born by women. Who was it? John. And we read it in Matthew chapter 11, 11. And Jesus said that, Truly I said to you, among those born of women, there has no, has no one arisen, anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet... And that's interesting. Yet. Do you know how it goes further on? Yet. 
Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is what? Greater than him. John, who was sent by God, didn't know things we know now. He only spoke about Jesus, introduced Jesus, what he's going to do. But we are the ones, we have experienced what Jesus can do. Jesus saves. Hallelujah. He will fill us with the Holy Spirit. And that's so important and so clear here. A man sent by God. John was between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Remember, John was not trying to bring back the old uh, Judaic system. No, he was coming to announce the Messiah of the world, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. John was not sent by any human organization or whatever. He was sent by God. Now it's important to understand that John came to pronounce Jesus Christ the Son of God. And it's important he was asked by people who are you? What do you think? Who are you? We have been sent by the theologians from Jerusalem and they wanted to find out what are you doing here in the wilderness? Who are you and what did you say? A man sent by God is not somebody who pushes himself. He says, I am but a voice in the wilderness. I am but a voice in the wilderness. Now, the prophet Isaiah speaks about that. Now, the voice crying in the wilderness, and it was, make ready the way for the Lord. Now, if he was the voice of one crying, who is then the preacher of this voice? Who is the preacher? God himself. And it was in the plan of God that God wants to bring all of Egypt, of Israel coming down into the wilderness. And the scripture says, Hosea chapter 2, verse 14, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness, and speak kindly to her. Now, who is this um, Hosea was talking about? He speaks about the daughter of Israel. I want to speak friendly to her. Now, the Lord looked for the right preacher. Now, in your opinion, what was John the Baptist? Was he a rough and tough preacher or somebody ate potato? No, he was rough and tough. Rough and tough. And if you look at his clothing he had on, there was nothing like this. He didn't have many diamonds on his hands, on his fingers. No, but he had a call from God. A man sent by God. Now we see it very clearly. And God said, I will allure you into the wilderness. And all of Israel came down and they saw this man. And Jesus said, why did you go down? What did you want to see in the wilderness? Were you going to see a reed being 
tossed by the wind backwards and forwards, or were you going to see somebody in nice clothing? He said, behold, those in nice clothing are in the king's palaces. Now they went out and they were fascinated. And I tell you what, if you only would have heard one sermon preached by John the Baptist, you wouldn't forget it anymore. Because you knew exactly what he said was direct, inspired by God. God is speaking here. He is a man who has been sent by God. Who sent you? I remember years ago when I was in Germany and there was a time I thought myself it's good to do something for the Lord and I organized one week in the or one day in a week for going door knocking. You know, do you know the old-fashioned Christian door knocking? And then waiting somebody coming out. out. So I thought I'm going to go. And with me went an elderly sister from the church. So she and I, we went door knocking. And... Uh, we knocked at the door or rang the bell, the front door bell, and somebody was inside. She didn't come uh, um, straight away to the door. And then she called out, who are you? And who has sent you? And I said, God has sent us. Amen. God has sent us. She came, opened the door, and there was a lady. She was confused. And she said, who sent you? I said, God sent us. And we went into the kitchen. She had a table there. Uh, there was a bench behind the table, you know. We squeezed ourselves behind that bench and talked about Jesus. And she said, it was just, a, I was just about to take my life. Because there's no point in life anymore. There we preach Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this elderly lady, she was the first time on the streets and going out preaching or being at least with a pastor there. She gave his life, he led her to the Lord Jesus. She got baptized and wonderful, hallelujah. She got saved, hallelujah. Who has sent you? Who has sent you is important. And if people would have asked, John, who sent you? Then we can read here, a man sent by God. Hallelujah. A special delivery from God. You are a special delivery from God. My dear brother uh, James, when you preach this afternoon on the streets, I'm going to come with you. Be sure and be convinced you have been sent by God. You're not standing there and saying something uh, nice religious stuff. No, you have been sent by God because this is the order we have got from the Lord to preach the gospel to all creation. You know, it is so important to know who we are. Who we are. I'm sent by God this morning here too. Oh, I have to take this away. I'm not playing the saxophone here in front of you. 
That's so important. Now what we see of John the Baptist. As this here, there was a criteria in his life. And there was for this. He was filled with the Holy Spirit from mother's lie, uh, uh, womb on. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Is the infilling and baptism of the Holy Spirit important? Amen. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, seek for it, pray for it. And Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem till you being endured with the power from on high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we go, we go not in our strength, in the name of Jesus. Now we'll read here in Luke chapter 1, verse 15. And that was the message the angel of the Lord gave Zacharias when he was in a temple doing his ministry there. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he will drink no wine or liquor, by the way. That's my pleasure. So, I am a total anti-alcoholic. This man was an anti-alcoholic, amen? Hallelujah. And if you're battling, you should drink, do it what I say. No! Hallelujah. And he was a Nazarite, typical Nazarite, dedicated to the Lord. And it says in Luke 1, 41, listen to this. When Elizabeth heard Mary greeting, the baby leaped in her, and Elizabeth was filled with the, filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist being filled in the Holy Spirit, he leaped in her womb, and she got baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. That's what John the Baptist had to preach and what he preached as well. He had a clear mandate from God. Luke chapter 3, verse 2. And there are a couple of uh, people called, but I'm going to the last part. In the high priesthood, in the time of Annas and Cephas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. What was there? The word of God came to John. Or to John. He heard the word of God. There was a clear mandate of the Lord. Hallelujah. When I was a young boy, and... So I got, gave my life very early with 13 years to Jesus. Anybody here of the people who gave their life before 13 years to the Lord, let me see your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, then I grew up. I was a young man. And somehow I got involved with pioneer work. There were two pastors in Germany. One is with the Lord. The other is still doing, I think it's over 80, still doing work in China, visiting the persecuted church. 
And he was the one also who welcomed Brother Yun. From, everybody knows Brother Yun from China, yes? The heavenly man. He welcomed him in Germany. And I searched a little bit, little bit and all the story being written about him are absolute true. Hallelujah. And so he is still working and doing this. Now, these two pastors, they took it on their hearts to call young people from the different churches and to start pioneer work doing in a city where there was no Pentecostal witness to go there with a tent and preaching and they needed young people. And I was one of them as well. And we were singing in the morning. We had our Bible study preparing for the afternoon time, then going from door to door, inviting people to the tent meetings in the evening. And I remember I came. I was then 18 years old. I came to a place and uh, a lady, a lady opened the door. You know, when I do this, you know what I mean, yeah? So, and uh, she looked down on me and I told her that I became a Christian. She looked down on me. I was a young man. I said, no, 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 no. You didn't have any sin, not in this age. I had plenty of sin for 13 years, and because the Lord saw me, and I needed desperately salvation, hallelujah. Don't care what people say about you, but I knew exactly I was a sinner, and I need salvation in Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Sent by God, sent by God, not being sent by a church organization or things like that. Now, he had a clear mandate. The word of the Lord came to him in this particular time and he heard the word of God. And Paul or John went and went to do what the Lord told him. A man sent by God has, listen, a razor sharp decisive message. He is not fooling around and speaking about religious stuff. By the way, you understand me, and no, I am not religious at all. I'm a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. No matter what people call me, you are religious. No, no, I dispute it. I'm not religious. I'm born again. Hallelujah. I heard the voice of Jesus in my heart, and I came to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, a man of God, sent by God, has a razor-sharp decisiveness in his life. It's very sharp. Very sharp. And the Bible says also, he came in the spirit of, of whom? In the Old Testament. In the spirit of Elijah. You know, I like these two persons in the Bible. Of course, Jesus as the first but the character of these two guys, somehow they did something to me. They did something to me. 
Wasn't Elijah a man with razor-sharp decisiveness, wasn't he? Oh yes, back in the days of the first Kings, chapter 18, verse 21, Elijah said to the people, come near to all, Elijah says, come near to all the people and said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? You know, men of God don't like it, hesitating and living in this side or on that side. They like it because God told him that he should preach and say, how long will you be indecisive and being on both sides? And we know he was challenging the people there. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, so follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. What was your conclusion out of this? Why didn't they answer? Why didn't they answer? They were serving Baal anyway. And now here comes this man, Elisha, and says, if the Lord is God, then serve him. And another verse he said, well, the God who is answering with fire on the sacrifice we bring and you Baal priests bring, he is the Lord, he is God. And the people said, this is a good idea. This is a good idea to decide and make a clear cut. Hallelujah. Following Jesus is so important. Have a clear cut. Raise a blade sharp, key, clear cut. And here he said, well, people didn't answer. Now, a man sent by God uncovered Herod's unlawful miracle status. We know that. And people say, oh, well, this is my private life. This is my private life. You have, you don't interfere into my private life. And the Bible says clearly, Matthew 14, 3 and 4, for when Herod had John arrested, he bound him and put in prison because of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. For, and that's the reason why he went into prison, for John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. Your marital situation is not lawful in the sight of the, God, of the Lord. Marriage is very, very important. And here we see very clearly, John saw it. There was something not right in his marriage. This Herodias, she doesn't belong there. I tell you what, wicked women don't like decisive men of God, especially if they have been sent by God. We see it very clearly. John the Baptist, he was hated by a wicked woman, and her name was 
Herodias. Now what about Elijah? He was hated by a wicked woman as well. What name was hers? Jezebel. Jezebel. We see him. Men of God who are sent by God will have no great admiration from wicked women. They will be rejecting. These wicked, wicked women will reject men of God. We see here, there was with John. Now, John was a witness of Jesus very clearly. And we read John 1, 8, and says, He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Verse 7. He came as a witness to testify that all might believe through him. He was testifying about Jesus, that somebody is coming who is greater than him, and I'm not fit enough to open up his sandals. I'm not fit enough. But he is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he announced very clearly in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day Jesus came to the Jordan. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, the Lamb of God came to purchase us and save us from our sin, to be the perfect sacrifice for all people. Now, he announced Jesus, as I said also, as a baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And he announced Jesus also as the sanctifier. And that's an important, important thing. Sanctification for every spirit-filled Christian and born-again Christian is important. Amen? Sanctification is important. And now... He announced Jesus the sanctifier. He says, verse 12, he has already what? The winnowing fork in his hand. Now what is this? Sometimes I thought it's for the judgment of the world. No. There's something going on. Why is there a winnowing fork? What do you do with it? Now, there was the separation from chaff and the grain. The separation. And that's something what is happening, what the Spirit of God will do and Jesus will do in our life. Anybody has got chaff in his life? It has to be separated. And now, how does it work? You take the winning fork because on the floor there is some uh, straw, there's a chaff, and also there is the grain. What does he do? He takes the, takes the 
winning a fork, lift it up and throws it in the air. And now what is important now? What is important now? The wind. The wind. Not a storm. A wind. Now the wind is a picture of what and of whom? Can I hear it again? Of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to Nicodemus, you can hear the wind. You don't know where it's going. But at the winning process, you will see the wind will take away all straw and all chaff. And what is falling down on the the grain. And Jesus said very, or John said very clearly that the chaff will be burned with fire. Did you, what fire? Unquenchable fire. Praise the Lord. You know this, this fire, it doesn't extinguish. I thought often it is the fire in hell, of course, that is unquenchable fire. But I'm glad that the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit in our life is still working to burn up all the dross and all the chaff. You might be thrown in the air and you don't know what's happening to you. Things and circumstances are going wild. But the grain comes to the ground. The chaff has been separated. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord when you have been thrown in the air and the wind of the Holy Spirit blew the chaff away. Hallelujah. And you are pure there on the floor and that will be swept together. And where is that going? Into the barn, hallelujah. Into the barn. Because that's the thing that is so important. Hallelujah. So that's Jesus' action of the sanctifier in your life as well. The Holy Spirit. Now he is going to clear his threshing floor. And he will gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable or unquenchable uh, fire. Sanctification is a process of the Holy Spirit. That's important. Christians need to be sanctified and grow in sanctification. Because it's the will of God. Do you sometimes realize in your life there are things which are not sanctified? Or oh, you are on a lower level in your walk with Jesus. No, you need to come to the threshing floor of the Holy Spirit and let the Lord Jesus put his winning fork underneath and lift it in air. And let the wind of the Spirit come and blow it away. So that's so important. Chaff and weed need to be separated. 
need to be separated. Ah, oh, he is just in the first in the first steps. He is just a new child of God. I believe if you're born again, you're born again. Amen or not? If you're not born again, you're not born again. But if you're born again, all things have old, all the old things have what? Passed away by the wind of the Spirit of God. Taken away. What is left? What is left? The pure grain. Hallelujah. There's a sermon preaching. Somebody can preach about it. What do you do with the grain? Now, the grain is not just for the mice in the barn. What is the grain for? What is the grain for? It has to be ground. And then it becomes flour. And then you can bake a bread. And Jesus is the bread of life. And we also must become a bread for the people that they can eat us what Jesus is in us. Hallelujah. And that we might have a wonderful taste. Now, the last point. John was a herald of Jesus. John heralded the coming of the kingdom of God. And he had got two things to preach. Repentance. I know some people don't like repentance. I tell you what I have experienced in my life. When the Holy Spirit leads you to repentance, it's a blessed time. It's wonderful when you can cry about your sin and even as a Christian about your wrongdoing. And if the Spirit of God comes over you, it's a wonderful time. Hallelujah. Repentance is a blessing when the Spirit of God can cause it in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Should I preach more? It's just a little thing. I remember once when the Spirit of, of God comes and breaks your heart. Anybody has experienced this being broken? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Broken by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. It's, of course, many years ago. I was a very young preacher. And after the preaching on Sunday morning, I often went down into my study and thought about, Lord, what can I preach next Sunday? That's always the problem of a pastor, isn't it, Pastor Gary? You preach the sermon, and you preach your heart out, and you know the next Sunday is going to come for sure. And you have to have something to preach. You can't preach the last sermon again. You have to have. And Ella was just doing the dishes, but somehow the Spirit of God was moving up on her. I went into the kitchen. I saw her crying. I said, Ella, what's, what's the matter? 
actually, I, I got a bad conscience. I should have helped her with the dishes, you know. Dishes is not a real man's thing, is it true, Pastor Gary? Are you helping every time? No. The next few weeks, I bought a dishwasher. But anyway, anyway, she said, Lord, I, I sense the Spirit of God so close to me. She was crying because of the loveliness of Jesus. Does it ring a bell in your life? The, love, the loveliness of Jesus. I said, come on, Ella. I let her into the lounge. We knelt down on our knees. I had nothing else to say as to praise the Lord and to cry and cry and cry. Then, and you know then how long this is ago, how son Andreas was two, three years, he saw us on our knees and crying. He came and said, Dad, something wrong? No, it was the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. If you are being led by the Spirit of God in situation like that, cry before Him. Open everything because that is a move of the Spirit of God. Now, the kingdom of God is at hand. And Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13, 11. Do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to what? Awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believe. What does it say to you? Salvation, what salvation? The coming of the Lord is nearer than it was when you came to the Lord and gave your life to the Lord. It is near, Jesus is near. Hallelujah. We had some visitors on Monday night and it came to us. We are no longer in the last days. We are not perhaps even in the last minutes. We might be even in the last seconds when Jesus will come soon. Hallelujah. Don't think in terms, there's still time, time, time. The kingdom of God is at hand. And Paul said very clearly, now your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. It is near. It is near. Hallelujah. I know the young people want to do something, but I have to, to explain the last thought. Something we have witnessed in these last days with our own eyes, that something was more closer than people thought, and many got surprised. Do you remember White Island? Do you remember White Island?
people were led to this volcano. There were signs. There was rumbling sense, and still they did it. And also signs, green, green water was seeping through the rocks into the sea. This should have been a warning time, a warning sign. It could explode at any minute or any second. Do you know what we realize now? We realize something very interesting. And I'm, I think everybody knows when I mention Ezekiel 38. Anybody read it? If not, read it again. There's something very interesting. And one thing is for sure, listen. The coming of the Lord then was in contact with Israel. And the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we expect him, is also in contact with Israel. Has something to do. Ezekiel 38 speaks about a king. Gog from Magog, the king out of the north. Rosh and Mesech and Tuba. And you know what Rosh is? You know it all. Russia. Russia. And Russia is going to be drawn down by the Lord to the mountains of Israel because God has already put a hook into his jaw. You know what, what's going on? There's an alliance. Russia, China, and Iran. They are executing right now in these days or coming days war games on the sea. There's something going on. Israel may be attacked very soon, I don't know. And that's linked with it. The Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. I see these as signs, perhaps in the, uh, in the time calculation of God, we are living in the last seconds. Last seconds. Repent because the kingdom of God is coming soon. It's at hand. It's already there virtually. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you prepared? Heavenly Father, I don't know why I had to preach this sermon this morning that way, but I leave it now into your hands. I pray, Lord Jesus, that everyone this morning here might be ready when you come. Bless Israel, Lord Jesus. Bless Israel, Lord. And I thank you that you will bring also those who don't believe in you to the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I have to go away and step down from this pulpit here and the young people come now.
God bless you.